All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is here. Welcome to March. This is March. We will sleep in April. Conference Championship Week, uh, beginning when you listen to this today. There's uh, also games happening, tickets being punched. Winthrop was a thrilling game over the weekend. Uh, now, there was some games where there were teams punching their tickets. I forget the game that I was watching yesterday. Um, but they're going to end up being a 16 seed, you know. And as fun as it is to watch the game and be invested in it, they're, they're going to be bounced, you know, by before halftime when come tournament time. It's great when teams make tournament, though. Big 10, Big 12, SEC, Pac-12. Pac-12 is going to feel like a little bit of a letdown. I, I thought all conferences didn't have plans for conference championship games and weeks, but I was wrong. They do, which is great, which is great. Um, there's also Tuesday is where things pick up for, I believe, the uh, – let me take a look live – Live reaction here. Um, bad radio. So on Tuesday, tonight, we are going to have, or today, I should say, ACC tournament, which I thought uh, starts. Big Ten will start Wednesday. It's going to be in, uh, Thursday. Excuse me. Big Ten will start Thursday. But ACC is always – Interesting because the teams that typically play in the first couple games, those teams don't they don't win the whole thing, obviously, but they do make at least to the quarterfinals, which are usually on Fridays or Thursdays. And then no quarterfinals are on Thursdays always, uh, Fridays or semifinals because then they always play the championship on Saturday night. Big week, and today really begins the four week sprint of college basketball where you watch enough college basketball unless you're like myself who've watched a lot over the last couple weeks by the way the illinois ohio state game illinois is exactly who we thought they were that's a classic coach line right there (laughs) and it's green baby but they are very good they're very good inside the paint they play well coming off the ball they had a big win in columbus on saturday i think the the biggest weakness for Ohio State they, they look like they're going to fall in the two seed line the biggest weakness for me in Ohio State is their their defensive uh play on the half court side because that's where things let down against teams like Illinois and Michigan by the way ever since I said Michigan was the best team in the country they've lost their last two games Illinois and Michigan State so maybe I jinxed them there but no big, big four week sprint we're here and we're, we're revving to go March March uh, 11th. 9th. Ah, okay. Close. Hey, if you can get close, I I think everybody would agree that based on the last year and how the last year has gone, if you can get close, you're, you're probably good. Yeah. Yeah. Fair, fair assumption. But also too, let let me just, let me just say this with your uh, analysis of the ACC tournament how weird is it seeing Duke play on day one versus Boston College? It's going to be very strange because I believe they're the 7 p.m. game, right? They're they're not in the the they're not in the afternoon slate at 12 or two. Uh, Duke's at 4:30 with Boston College. 
oh wow okay so they pushed it up it used to be always acc tournament usually always was at noon and two and then they would take a break from you know 2 30 to you know well whatever it was four o'clock to seven and then you would get those games on espn two or whatever looks like the seven is notre dame and wake forest so another miami plays plays day day one as well miami Mm -hmm. They've had a down year, obviously, just like Duke, but I think the biggest problem with Miami is I've watched a lot of their highlights. I haven't got to see many games uh, of them, even when I have the ACC network. I might flip through them. But their biggest problem is they really can't make free throws. (laughs) They foul a lot, which you would think is kind of a, a simple thing to say, like a simpleton thing to say, but they really can't make free throws. They're one of the worst teams in the ACC in my opinion, maybe not by numbers wise, but they are one of the worst teams, I think, by shooting free throws. Yeah, well, that's I, I can't say really any more than you have to make free throws. That, I mean, that's about as simple as it cut. That's that's about as fourth grade basketball as you can make it is, is if you don't make free throws, you won't win games. Right. WVU, they will no. be playing on Wednesday, I believe, unless that no. No, Thursday, right? They got Thursday. They're, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're one of the teams that got the bye. They're not in the bottom. Man, WVU really blew a lead on Saturday. I it, It's interesting, too, because Cade Cunningham, when he was out for Oklahoma State, you feel like that's a win that you should have in Morgantown. But once again, it seems like what we thought their strength was in the beginning of the year is actually becoming their weakness again, which is shooting the ball on the outside. Well, here's here's what I'll say about West Virginia. Obviously, West Virginia's loss hurts. It's an opportunity to be the two seed going into the conference tournament. Um, Bob Huggins' 900th win. I, I know if, if you ask Bob Huggins about that, he wouldn't care about that side of it. He wants to win the game. But I think what this just proves, and, and Oklahoma State's a great team, but what this proves is, is the Big 12 is continually the deepest and toughest conference in, in the nation because West Virginia is going to play Oklahoma State on Thursday again. At, at 11:30, so you know by the time we record we'll have the outcome of that game but that's that's just a testament to what the big 12 is a lot of these teams are super close uh as far as talent and, and attributes and then when, once you get to this part of conference tournament it doesn't matter if you're the worst team because those teams can still compete too so uh that's not to suggest that like a tcu is going to win the tournament but it's it's not easy to win this tournament you you have to survive a grind it felt normal when they would be in the big 12 championship with Javon Carter, who was there since I believe he was there when Teddy Roosevelt was in office. Yeah, that's about right. Probably around there. Right. That's uh, him and him and uh, Dax miles the same time, you know, (laughs) yeah. I always made a joke when we were in the big East, Scotty Reynolds from Villanova. That's very classic. How long is this guy going to be there? It's very similar with like Kellen Moore from Boise State when Kellen was yes. back from Boise State. He legitimately was there for like a seven or eight years. Yeah, him and uh, there's the other one. I think uh, with with regards to the Big Twelve, uh, I feel like it's a running joke always. But Perry Ellis for Kansas, and, and I think some of that is because his like features. He was older. He looked older, but still, it, it's like you watch. I wouldn't be surprised if we walked out into conference championship this upcoming weekend and they're like, 
oh, and coming off the bench, six man for Kansas is Perry Ellis. Like that would not shock me. Well, man, Kansas, they find themselves always in the semifinals. Typically when it comes to the tournament time on conference championship week, they're down. We we know that the blue bloods are down. We're we're not going to get into that. That's, that is a story that has been beaten so much into the ground that I am tired of hearing about it. The biggest problem is Baylor. Baylor is ridiculous. And Baylor is going to end up being a number one seed. Clear as day, they're going to end up being a number one seed somewhere. I would imagine they'll fall in the West. It's kind of interesting how regions fall out this year, right? Because everything's taking place in Indianapolis. So you would imagine they're going to move every single game up to at least a, an hour or so to make teams who play in the West region because those games can start at 1130 Eastern and go until one in the morning Eastern. That's not going to happen this year because Indianapolis is an hour behind. So you would imagine they have a lot of scheduling out on timing, but they, they beat Texas tech yesterday. First 10 and 0 Holmes stand since 1946. Pretty impressive. First conference championship in 71 years last week when they beat WVU. I am so into basketball right now my brain is fried that's that's the best place to be in march though if you're that far into basketball and that deep into it you're doing something right i'll admittedly say that i have not been as big into it yet but conference tournament week will change that my my weekend was a lot of hockey so it's going to be basketball this week during the week though because of the uh conference tournament implications also don't forget big east tournament Oh, the best tournament in basketball, at least, well, at least when West Virginia was there, because that was just fun to watch. Yeah, it's still very entertaining. I'm so looking forward to it. Also, Iowa playing Wisconsin yesterday. Wisconsin had every, excuse me, Wisconsin had every chance to win that game. I will not be surprised. I don't think Iowa will end up finding themselves bounced on day one. I do think they'll find themselves bounced on day two, whoever they fall, because Luca, Gar- Luca Garza can't play every single play, and Bo, Bo Buchanan can't do pick and roll with Luke uh, Garza every single play. So there's a lot going on, but when I'm not watching basketball, you know what I'm doing. I'm listening to music, and I am listening to early 2000s. I'm listening to uh, One Hit Wonders right now, like Jimmy Eat World, The Middle. Mm. I'm listening to Alva Levine, uh, very, very popular uh, for me right now and I'm listening to if you can believe it if you can believe it Usher on Amazon Music I, I don't hate that I, I think Usher is a is about as 2000s as it gets because have you ever have you ever been to like a social gathering a wedding anything of that sense where yeah by Usher was not played either that or oh uh, OMG no I don't think so yeah, I, I just I, that and get low by Lil John. Like those are the two two thousand staples that are played at every social function like that. Uh, so I fully support that. Yeah, you gotta you gotta throw in the two thousands there. Um, oddly enough, I actually was revisiting an old love of music today, uh, a band. So this is I won't get too deep into this. There's a band called Alabama Shakes. I know that you've maybe not heard of them potentially. Uh, they're a little bit newer. Uh, but their lead singer, her name is Brittany Howard, and she actually released a single today, which is a cover. Uh, it's called Your Love Keeps Lifting Me Higher and Higher. It's on Amazon Music. It is a 10 out of 10. Brittany Howard has one of the best voices in music. And this this is single is actually exclusive to Amazon Music. 
So if you're listening to this right now and you are curious about how good of a voice Brittany Howard has and how good of a singer that she is, you're going to have to sign up for Amazon Music to get that. And you can do that by signing up with the link, getamazonmusic.com backslash to Ryan Sports. You can get your 2000s. You can listen to Usher. You can check out some little John Jimmy Eat World. You know, Jimmy Eat World was in Morgantown a couple years ago playing main stage. So yeah, I, I remember they're one of those bands you look at and they end up in a place like that because Morgantown obviously is big enough where they don't always have like terrible one hit wonders. You know, any band, if they make it that far is great. But whew, I mean, when you're ended up there. Yeah. Yeah. Main stage is um, main stage is an OK concert venue, but uh, I wouldn't call that channeling huge success if, no. if you're playing there. But uh, but also too, make sure you sign up. And again, you can listen to the exclusive Amazon single uh, by Brittany Howard, her latest single, um, Higher and Higher. You can check that out there. Again, it's a fantastic song. But check that out on Amazon Music. Get AmazonMusic.com backslash to Ryan Sports to sign up today. Make your playlist. Check out some playlists. Get all the latest music drops. But you have to do it on Amazon Music. Check it out today. Get AmazonMusic.com backslash to Ryan Sports. Fun little story about main stage real quick. Was going to go there to see Fozzie, if you know who they are. And I, I do all the way to Morgantown. And I'm like, you know what? I don't want to spend the night driving back two hours. I'm just going to get some food and go home. <laughs> so the $20 uh, ticket I bought for the concert, I'm like, you know, I'm, you know, I got all the way there and I'm like, ah, never mind. I'll pass. <laughs> You know, but the thing is, is just based on the, you know, the little bit of music that I know, like even buying that ticket supports them so much because there's been a couple of situations where I've done exactly what you've described. I'm like, I don't really want to go, but the ticket was only like 20 bucks. So I don't feel like I'm out anything. And, and I've successfully supported this band on their tour. So mm. take it for what it's worth. <laughs> Buy or sell kind of slow in entertainment right now it's becoming the lull in the entertainment season, which it typically is in the spring anyway, because content kind of trickles out in the fall, kind of trickles out in the summer with streaming services. And you're right now with, with the way things are, the Golden Globes was out of whack and the Oscars have been pushed back. So that that's something we have looked forward to because they've typically would have happened at this point already they typically happen the weekend after the super bowl um in, in recent years in, in the last 10 or 12 years but my first story have to sell it we talked about it uh i think probably two three months ago last year <laughs> coming to america the second one oof my oh my was it not good i did a review on my site that I do reviews on and man it uh spoiler free basically it's nostalgia for anyone who saw the first one and it's basically taking that and cash grab it's a cash grab movie you know I'm not I'm not a big um when it comes to like movie critic type person or I'm not really like this in general with anything music movies anything because I don't need a critic to be like oh this is great you should listen to it but I, I saw the the review of this and and 
you know, there are just some times that you see something and you're like, yeah, that didn't, that didn't make me want to do that at all. That that's pretty much what happened to this. Uh, it, it's kind of on the forefront of like the Amazon, um, what's the, what's Amazon like prime video. Like it's there, like watch coming to America too. You know what? I don't think I will. I think I'll pay $4 to rent us or uh, something that's worth watching because I, I'm not even, I'm not even going to give that the time of day. I'd, I'd rather watch something that even again, even though I'm not one of those people that's into the critical reviews, I saw this one and I was like, I'm going to stay about as far away from that as possible and, and watch something that's a little bit better. It's not Eddie Murphy's fault. I think the biggest problem is it's more of a fault that when you do things like this and you follow up with sequels on a cult, <clears throat> on a cult classic, like coming to America, you have to make sure you do it right. I mean, that's the biggest problem with the second Anchorman. The second, the first Anchorman is looked at as one of the best comedies in the last 10, 15 years. And then you follow that up with something like Anchorman 2, which is atrocious. It, it's, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. Well, and, and I think, I think your point is, is well taken about the nostalgia factor. We've talked about that regularly, that that's why, excuse me, that's why these things are even considered for reboots in general because people were like, oh, do you remember coming to America? And there, there is a following of people that love that movie. Now, it's not to the point of, a, you know, a necessarily a cult following behind it. There's not people that are dying to, to rewatch this. But point is, is when, when you have a movie like this, you're going to find that, that niche of people. But this, this again, kind of goes back to my regular question. Did anyone ask for this? Or was this just kind of, oh, we haven't done that one yet. So we might as well do that. Yeah, it was disappointing. Yeah, well, I I know that I won't be watching it anytime soon, and and I will continue to uh, pass it over in the Amazon scroll cycle that I typically have. So um, I want to stick with college basketball here for a second, uh, and maybe not even necessarily just a buy or sell, but uh, you know, looking at the at the rankings of of this year, I feel like more than any other year, if if you would have looked at this and said this is this is the college basketball rankings one through 25 maybe even like two years ago this is a very i think we could just say it i think it's a very weird ranking to look at seeing that a team like baylor has turned it around uh, so much who's been historically again just to say it terrible uh to see them at number two uh, but also teams like Alabama, who is not known as a basketball school, but still in the top 10. Uh, Houston, obviously, they had their day back in the 80s, but not quite the same team. Uh, but even looking down, teams like Loyola, Chicago, San Diego State back into the top 25. I just have to ask you straight up, and, and I know this is kind of preliminary without seeing anything uh, conference tournament, but who's who's kind of your favorite to go all the way right now? Because I think this is, might be a very interesting tournament overall. As, <clears throat> I'm still sticking with Michigan because Michigan plays extremely, extremely well. Their, their last two games, the reason they've lost to Illinois and Michigan State, it's because of their half-court offense. They like to push the pace. They like to push up and down the court, very fast-paced, very style, pick and roll, not so much. But what they do when they push the fast pace, instead of doing pick and roll, they look for the, the open pass and it's just very simple basketball that makes it work for them. The next 
team that I think would not be shocking if they won the whole thing is Illinois. Illinois is dangerously good. If you haven't watched them all season, put them at least put them in the elite eight. I, I mean, they feel like every year when it comes to March Madness, there's like three or four teams that feel like locks when it mm-hmm. comes to at least getting to the lead eight, they might not get to the final four, but at least the lead eight or sweet 16 Illinois feels like one of those locks. They are so, so dangerously good. The, the best part about Illinois team, if you want to believe it, his, my goodness, can they pass the ball? They are one of the best teams in the big 10 at, at assists. And it's not shocking. Why? If you watch them play Ohio State like they did in Michigan the last two games, Ohio State was a grind. Michigan was an ass kicking. So those are two of the those are the three best teams in the Big Ten. And the last week going into conference tournament week, you want to tell me that they beat both of those teams, one by a slaughter and the other by I think it was five or six points. They're they're dangerously good. And then Baylor. Baylor, it's very weird. It's very weird. Jared Butler could find himself as an NBA draft lottery pick, but he feels like a guy that might find himself in the G league. I don't Mm -hmm. know if he's ready, but he feels like he's going to capitalize on this success, but Baylor's a good team and Scott Drew's a good head coach. It just, I feel like it took a year like this where Kansas was really down and Baylor's kind of put it together with Jared Butler and guys around him to get, if you look, by the way, in that game yesterday where they played Texas tech, Marcus Teague, 35 points, mm-hmm. 35 points. I mean, that's the point guard. And Jared Butler had, I think, 15. So you look at him. Those are three teams that stick out to me in Gonzaga. No one talks about Gonzaga, but they're going to play St. Mary's tonight at 9 o'clock on um, ESPN. And that's a game that happens every year in the West Coast uh, tournament. But those are teams that stick out to me. Yeah, it really is just it is just Gonzaga playing St. Mary's every year for that title. That's that's a very good point. Well, it's a semifinal this year, so not not the uh, not the final. <laughs> oh well, I mean they still play. I mean they still they play each other every year. That's that's about the only two teams that matter in that conference. It feels like, you know, the looking through it, the I'm I'm glad you mentioned Gonzaga because Gonzaga to me is they should be seen as the favorite, right? I know they're not playing in the strongest conference. They're not playing the biggest competition always but they are really the only team that's still undefeated that we are saying like, Oh yeah, they still have a chance, right? The only undefeated team left. But the thing about it is, is I, I look at teams that have that experience and those coaches that have been there and done that. And, and it's hard to, it's hard to look at Gonzaga and say, Oh yeah, they can absolutely win the championship because their coaches, they've not done it. They've not done it. So it's, it's harder for me to, to count them as a favorite but I think maybe this year more than any other, and again, we're not going to beat the blue bloods or down to death again. That's not how it is. But with, with the top 10, top 15, even top 20, the way that it is, it very much could really be any of these teams. It just really depends on who gets hot. But I, I actually, I actually pick, picked out of this too. I picked out Baylor. And I think because Baylor, they've proved to me that they can come off that layoff and they can still play basketball. And, and that's a tough thing to do. It's not, it's not easy to come out of that layoff and, and still play at a high level. But I think, as weird as it sounds, maybe some of the rest factor in there gives them a little bit of an advantage. I mean, I realize that when, when you're down with COVID, it's not necessarily restful in that sense. 
but it's less wear and tear on your body of playing the actual game. So Baylor definitely has a fair shot. Um, I think the Big Ten, the Big Ten and the Big 12 are the two deepest conferences. And, and even just looking at the AP top 25, I have it in front of me here. If you told me, if you looked me in the eye and said, oh, so number 20, Texas Tech is going to the final four. I wouldn't be shocked because that's that's the level of teams that we're, we're looking at this year. And, and it's weird seeing Illinois, too, at number three in the nation right now with six losses because that's just not the year that we're used to. I think we're used to seeing these teams with one loss, two losses all the way up towards the top. But, you know, this year's just different. You know, the other side of this, though, is – and I know this may sound crazy, but based on what I just said about, you know, you can't necessarily count out the teams with coaches that have been there. If you told me again, if you said, you know what, Virginia is going to go to the final four. This is not Virginia's top year. This is not Virginia of old. This is not the Virginia team that won the championship. But guys like Bill Self and Tony Bennett, who have been there and have seen that, they can coach to the strengths of their team and they can coach to win games in the tournament. Do I think Virginia is the best team in the nation? Absolutely not. Can they get to a sweet 16 and maybe pull off a couple upsets? Absolutely. But I, I think right now, as I sit here and just look at these teams, I would pick Baylor. But to, to your point, I, I just didn't want to agree with you fully there. But I, I think that uh, Michigan and Illinois also look like favorites too. It's, it's going to be a fun tournament this year with all the uh, difference this year as, as opposed to the last few years. Yes, and I was looking while you were uh, speaking there. Illinois' last Final Four was 2005. So okay. it's been a long time. What is that, 16? 16 years? Six, yeah, 16 years. So they are – put it to you this way. If they, if they play on that Monday night championship game – would anyone be shocked? I really don't think so. Because if you've watched them play, that Big Ten Conference, by the way, we, we want to talk about the Big 12. The Big 12 typically is, if you look at the last seven, eight seasons, the Big 12, sometimes the Big East still finds themselves in there with Villanova, St. John's, Georgetown here and there. Georgetown's been down in recent years. But if you look at traditionally the last seven, six years, the Big 12 has been a gauntlet of teams in the Big 12 as far as depth from top to bottom. And it's always like that. This year, it's not like that. The next thing is the Big Ten. This might be one of the best conferences in basketball I've seen in the last, I would put it right up there with the Buddy Heald, WVU, Kansas, Baylor, 2014, oh, yeah. because that, that's the last conference that stick, sticks in my mind as every team top to bottom was at one point in the top 10. Iowa State, that was their last good season, but Fred Hoiberg left, and you forget about teams like Kansas State. So it it is – I'm so glad we're here. I'm so glad we're here. <laughs> so do you know who the uh, – there was three team captains uh, on that Illinois basketball team in 2004-2005. D. Brown, Darren Williams, and Luther Head. Darren, Darren Williams had a solid career, I guess, as an NBA mm -hmm. pro. Yeah. So, I mean, that's – um. I feel like that's a fair group of, of players. I definitely remember those guys, and, and you know, they – Played in the NBA. I mean, that's kind of the, you know, that's kind of a benchmark there. But yeah, Darren Williams, definitely a, a notable name on that team. So interesting, a little throwback there to look at that, uh, to look at that roster. By the way, real quick, next minute, you saw Obi in the dunk contest, I hope. 
I didn't watch the dunk contest. I don't, the all-star game doesn't appeal to me and the way they did the, I, I get why they did it, but I don't like the, the format they did this year where they did everything on one night start, you know, the dunk contest was at mm-hmm. halftime of the game and, you know, all the other skills was at before the game. So I, I don't know. Hey, I will tell you this though, as long as we're going to do this show, I don't know how the next time I'll get a chance for the Knicks to go to the playoffs. I might, I'll, I'll say it right now. I might, a playoff ticket if i can afford it we're gonna be i don't blame you i'll get some uh i'll get some guests maybe tom thibodeau i don't know so switching gears so one fascinating thing about services like paramount plus and hbo max when the services launch the old services dissolve and you essentially just have the choice right then and there to sign up for the new app Makes sense. Pretty easy. Pretty seamless. Uh, WWE and Peacock came up with their plan today. It doesn't seem as uh, seamless as you would hope. So essentially, I'm just going to read you the, the, the cliff note. If you are a WWE Network subscriber on March 18th, the app will no longer exist as far as WWE Network. And you either sign up for Peacock or you, or that's it. I mean, it doesn't transition over like you thought it was. So it's kind of like a lose lose situation because you're a fan, but you feel like doing the extra step. I, I, I am I'm sure a lot of people are going to do it. It's just kind of like not as seamless as you would think. And, and I have to sell that because you would think that they would have a better integration plan than what they're doing. And they're they seem uh, like they are going to stick with if you want any wrestling content, you got to pay for $4.99 a month or annually $49.99. And if you don't, then you don't get any wrestling content. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of uh, kind of weird. There, there's going to be certain things just like on the regular service that are going to be free, but it's uh, it, it's a little weird. I'm selling how they're transitioning things. I, I would sell it too, only for the fact that I feel like they would give them more time. Now, I understand that there has been time in between, but I feel like you can't just say like, okay, now you have two weeks and if you don't do this, it's just gone. I feel like you have to lay out a little bit more of a plan, uh, even if it's like a month, even if you said like April 1st, you have the rest of this month to do it and figure it out. Yeah, that that seems right. But to just kind of throw it into the you're, you're just done phase, that, that seems a little bit odd. Or you figure as much as we depend and rely on technology that you could almost just roll that over into the app and say okay now you're paying the money for wwe in this or you can find a way to just gouge people on peacock because i mean streaming services seem to make money on and not like not in a not in a shady way but they seem to make money on people who forget they're even paying for stuff anyway because people can look at their account and say, I didn't even realize I was paying $12 a month for Netflix. So you can basically just jump into somebody's account and be like, okay, well now you're paying for Peacock and people probably wouldn't even notice. Still, I think it's a little bit, I think it's a little bit tough to, to put it to them that way. Uh, as loyal as the WWE fan base is, I think you'll see the, you know, the bulk of fans move over and, and be okay with that transition. But it, it just seems a little quick to me. Yeah, you would think that would have been something they would have announced at the time of the deal being made, that they would have mm-hmm. had those kind of certificates laid out. I understand deals take a long time, even if they're announced to like iron the ins and outs of things, but it just felt a little odd. That's all. It felt a little strange. It felt 
I understand a lot of people are still going to take, you know, the extra five minutes, whatever it is, you know, in the big scheme of things, how, how much does that really matter? But they're going to sign up for it. When you think about it, by the way, Peacock is really, really strong now, right? I mean, if they weren't already, whew, my goodness. And real quick, I sent you the clip. We mm -hmm. People think that we just talk on air. That's not the case. I sent Ryan the clip. There's another wrestling promotion. And even if you don't watch wrestling, it's A, a little barbaric, and B, just crazy as hell what this match was last night uh, on Sunday night. An exploding barbed wire match. And the clip I sent Ryan, I sent two. Barbed wire bats were being hit over people. They exploding with like firecrackers it looks like the ref was wearing a hazmat suit there's a ddt uh off the side of the ring into a full-on barbed wire cage it was intense so the the first thing that i thought of whenever i saw those clips and you sent them to me um i didn't get back to you as soon as i could because i was going into a meeting and i was like oh i have i need to watch these so then i replied to you on lunch the the first thing that i saw whenever i saw those is i was like this is literally the Hardy boys versus the Dudley boys. Like if, like if you could script the ultimate match for these people or like a mankind match, this is the ultimate 1990s and two thousands match to see this kind of stuff, because those are the only wrestlers that I feel like in the WWE that were crazy enough to partake in these promotions of being exploded over the head. But if you told me you're like Bubba Ray Dudley had a chair smashed against his head and exploded. Okay. That, that sounds right. That's who I would pick to do that. So that is like the most attitude era promotion that I've ever seen. But it looks like if you can continue that, but I, I think what it is, is I think people are just so drawn to WWE that they can't fall into the storylines of another one. Mm -hmm. But if you keep going this wicked route, almost like ECW esque of the nineties, you're, you're going to pull people away because they're going to say, okay, I'm, I might be able to get into this story a little bit more if you're going to keep blowing people up with, with, with chairs and, and barbed wire DDTs every week. Now you can't do it every week, but right. still. It was so extreme that the one clip I sent you was in black and white because they didn't want to show all the blood <laughs> and the gore. And visually seeing a ref wearing a hazmat suit with like a face shield and to be protected was a crazy thing to see visually. So that was, that was wild. That was wild. I actually, I saw that at first and now it's just clicking to me that he was in a, in a hazmat suit because I was like, that's weird that somebody's standing in a hazmat suit in the, in the middle of the ring. But now that you mention it, yes, that is, I'm even more intrigued now. If I wasn't intrigued already, I'm more intrigued by the fact that a man is wearing a hazmat suit in the middle of the ring. As they always said in wrestling, one of the lines that I remember from those wrestling commercials is, is like the, I don't remember the exact line. Now I'm going to make a jerk out of myself for not being able to remember it. It's like the scripts are fake, but the risks are real or yeah. something like that. So, I mean, even though this is staged, that still hurts when you hit barbed wire from, from the, from oh, the fall yeah, of the no. ring. Yeah. Just so everybody knows. Now, I've never been a wrestler myself, but anyway. All right. So I like um, I, I like the option days. So I have a, I have two, obviously, two stories left. Do you want to go down the NFL route or do you want to go down the NBA route? I'd like to go down the NFL. 
NFL route. Okay, fun that you picked this one because this has to deal with your team. So right. as much as we've talked about the Eagles quarterback situation on this show, it seems to only continually go deeper. It only continually seems to go deeper and everybody's saying different things. Uh, it makes me believe that the communication within the Eagles organization is off. And, and I can't say that for sure, but that's how it seems. So I, I see the headline here, um, pull it up again. So Jeffrey Lurie is now saying that they want Jalen Hurts to be the quarterback one of the future. They don't want competition in this after coming out saying that there will be an open competition, not him specifically, but after reports of there will be open competition at the quarterback position. So are you buying or selling that the Eagles are going to take a quarterback in rounds one through three, or is this going to be an insurance pickup of a quarterback in say rounds four five or six, where they're just using it as a reserve pick? What are we doing here? <laughs> it's, it is a question that I'm asking myself with this team. They are going down the route of, you can clearly see it happening in front of your eyes, just kind of like the Jets, right? You can see the Jets. When they took that downturn, you felt it happening. You feel that happening with certain NFL teams at times. This is on that path. You can't fight it. It happens to every NFL team every couple of years, even the Patriots. Even the Patriots this past year, it happened for the first time in, look, I get it in 20 years, but it happens to everyone. The problem is the coach does, the coach looks like the counselor at a high school and not the principal. It talks like one too. <laughs> does, does that make sense? Does that analogy make sense? He looks like a counselor yeah. and he looks like the substitute and not the real deal. I don't understand what he's doing. I understand we need to have Jalen Hurts compete with people to make him better and push him. But if anything, if if the rules were changed for hard knocks this year, I wish they would, would be because I would love to see what is going on in this man's mind. I feel like he's the ice cream truck pulling into your neighborhood and you get there right at right when you know the truck pulls up but you stand in line too long and the truck pulls away that's what this feels like you're waiting in line for something to happen with this team and it's not going to happen and they're going to pull away and we're going to end up four and 12 this season your analogies are fantastic today thank you the the counselor at the at the high school and the ice cream truck man i mean that's now i'm going to have to listen to some van halen on amazon music to uh get the ice cream man out of me but I agree. See, the my issue with this is, is that teams that have this almost lack of communication with too much communication are teams that don't succeed. It's teams that there's a disconnect between the owner, the coaching staff, the GM, there's misses somewhere. So for him to come out and say, you know, we want him as the quarterback, I feel like that's the right move, but it should not come after there's been reports of you want co open competition. There, there's, there's something missing there. Of course you want people to compete with people. Of course he's coming into his first full season as a starter and you're not just going to let it, you know, trickle out and, and just play itself out. You need competition in there to push him. However, coming out now and saying it after all that, it, it, it seems ingenuine. It seems odd even, but again, this, this communication that happens with, with teams like this, and this is across all sports. This is not just football. 
these teams that have such a huge disconnect between their owners, their GM, down to their coaching staff, they do not win. Those teams do not win. The teams that win have a strong connection everywhere. And even if it's not always agreed upon with, within decisions, I think of a team exactly like you said, Ryan, like the Patriots. There was scuttle in there talking about some decisions that were made and not everybody was happy, but you know what? They got over it and the team won. And that's ultimately what's going to make winners. It's not this, we're all fighting about different things, trying to get to the same goal, because you're right. You're going to end up five and 12 or five and 11, and you're going to be talking about a potential quarterback change next year, only for things to just continually get worse. This is why championships were special. It was just three years ago that they were Super Bowl champions. It's ridiculous. Doesn't feel like it at all, but it, here it, we are in 2021. It, it feels like an eternity ago that they won a Super Bowl and the Warriors won an NBA title. Mm. This is true. Yeah, the the Kevin Durant Achilles game. I always think of that. Yeah, that's a that's a heartbreaker. Yes. So we're talking documentaries. Star Trek, it broke a crowdfunding record for a documentary on Star Trek Voyager. I don't I think that's one of their show one of the many Star Trek shows that have been on. Mm-hmm. And then HBO Max is doing a documentary, Let's Go, very excited about this, on the women's national team on equal pay being deserving for the national team. When you look at documentaries, sometimes that's what you need to push you over the edge because the outcry is huge. Recent memory tells me Tiger King was one of those things where it kind of pushed everyone was like, now I understand it captured a, a world and the planet Earth over legitimately trash television for like three weeks. We were all in quarantine, four weeks, whatever it was. But I mean, you get my point though. Documentaries they 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 always want you to see their narrative that they're telling and sometimes they don't do a good job of that depending on the documentary but i hope the hbo max documentary does well and i'm very interested to see i'm not a star trek guy i do like some of the stuff that star trek does but i'm very interested to see uh both of these especially the women's national team yeah i think that'll definitely be the the highlight of these two for me personally uh number one it's about sports and i'm not a i'm not a trekkie i'm not a star trek fan so it's now, that one seems a little bit less important to me, but it's I, I like what you say about the documentaries, kind of saying it, uh, getting their message through in a in a scope more than it is um, the the full scale because documentaries don't always do that, and and regularly the documentaries that we see are not told through a full scope. It's it's more through a narrow lens than it is a a, a full three sixty shot, and and that's why I hope that. Uh, obviously the Star Trek one, but just looking more at the women's national one here, just again, because that's more what I can speak to. I, I hope that it's done well. And I hope that it's done right because you're right. Documentaries really do. Um, they really do get people to outcry. Like I think of, uh, and it's, <laughs> I think it's crazy, but think about the one from a couple years back and, and I'm guilty of falling into this trap too, was making a murderer of uh, uh. the Stephen Avery story. I mean, whether you hate that or not, as soon as that came out, people were, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, whatever social media they're using, calling for this guy to be released because everything is wrong in that world. It's absolutely pitiful. I watched it in the span of two days. I stayed up until 4 a.m., two separate nights watching it because I couldn't get enough of it. But then you like look back at it and, and there's people that are involved in the case saying like, we, you didn't tell the full story. 
you told it through one side of this scope to make it look. And even if he is in fact innocent, I'm not here to judge because I'm not on the jury. But the point is, is you're telling it through one scope. Now, I'm, I'm sure that this will be told in the in the narrative that, you know, the women's national team does deserve the equal pay. And, and that's fair. That's the that's the side that they're going to take on this. But I, I hope that people also see, too, that, you know, there's there's an argument to be made there because this team seems to win all the time. Well, the men's team can't seem to qualify for anything. And uh, one of them is a, one of them is a winner and one of them is not. There are most successful team as far as the country you could look at usa basketball but let's be honest when it comes to usa basketball who's really our competition other than spain but you could really look at it as it's not just our most successful team as a country but it's one of the most successful teams in all of sports really i mean the way they dominate people the way they win in the world cup megan rapino's little pose that she does the last world cup after every goal which was awesome by the way we have different opinions on making a murder because it was so boring to me that I fell asleep within the first 10 minutes. And if you do want a good documentary at some point to watch, watch the McDonald's uh, Monopoly scandal. That's one of the most fascinating mm. I've ever heard. I remember playing Monopoly thinking and one day hoping I'd win the mill. It was completely uh, fabricated. N none of it was real. <laughs> you weren't even going to get close to that. You were probably lucky to get a double cheeseburger, you know, based on where we're from and, and <laughs> the odds of the game. Essentially, the pieces were sold, put it that way. Yeah. Well, I honestly, knowing what I know now about like, uh, I don't even want to say black markets, but like cryptocurrency and basically the underworld of selling and trading and such doesn't shock me. That That's, um, that's about as obvious as it should be. Yeah, there's a, there's a guy in there, Uncle Jerry, one of the most fascinating character, characters I've ever seen in a documentary. This guy is just complete bananas. And, of course, he doesn't interview because he's like the mastermind of the whole thing. But, mm -hmm. my gosh, this guy is quite a character. Yeah, I love the documentary. I just watched one on Netflix. It's called Murder Among the Mormons. Uh, whenever, like, the lead character, the person that they're basically and, – and I've not watched the McDonald's one. I know some of the story, but, like, the person that they're painting in a, in a negative light, per se, it gets to the end of the documentary, and it's like, this person has been declined to it declined to interview for – I'm like, you didn't have to tell me. I, I just watched four or five episodes of this just for you to reiterate the fact that this person declined to be interviewed. I got that. The mob became involved. The mob – Yes like in 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 like this mcdonald's monopoly scheme that's how crazy this thing was the mob got involved money to be had people are yeah. going to go crazy for it that's you know that's just the the life and the world that we live in all right last buy or sell on my end here so this one's nba now this one may have came off as a little bit of a a joke maybe it was playful maybe it's not the All-Star Game happened on Sunday. Whether you like the All-Star Game or not, it happened. LeBron James, as a quote-unquote GM, is now 4-0 in the All-Star Game. And folks are saying, oh, well, I can't wait for him to be a GM. He would be a great GM. And he will be a GM. He will do this. Uh, I think it was Steph Curry that said, I can't wait to see what you do as a GM one day. So just as simple as that. Are you buying or selling that LeBron James will be a GM in, in basketball? It's a sell. Look what the guys went to L.A. for. 
he went to LA to do movies and start his own production company and and star in movies. I mean, he has Space Jam coming out. He's been in Trainwreck. He has his own show on HBO called Barbershop. I mean, he's part of the Undefeated with Maverick Carter. I mean, the guy's not doing GM. Are you kidding me? He wants to be in entertainment, film, and television. That's why he went to LA in the first place. Not to do a GM. By the way, the All-Star game, boring. Who cares? Should have canceled it and gave the players four days off so they're not rusting themselves out come come May or June because I guess I got something to tell you, bud. The playoffs in the finals could go until July 22nd. The Olympics are July 25th. So you do the math on that. Yeah, that that's going to that's going to create a, a stir there within people. They're not going to want to do it. But, you know, here's here's the interesting thing about about LeBron. I would buy this and I would buy this in the sense of. If he wants to stay involved with basketball, because your points are well taken, he moved to L.A. because he's obviously in like Space Jam, he's in movies, he's, you know, even talked about, you know, politics and, and I'm not we're not going to get into the whole shut up and dribble thing because that's just ludicrous that people that have a platform can use that for what they choose to do it. And and LeBron has, and that's, that's what it's for. Anyway, we're not going to go down there, but point is, is if LeBron James came back after he retires in 26 years and says, I want to now be a GM, he could, because that's who LeBron James is. He's one of those people that if he decides his love in his heart is in with basketball, he could do it. Now, the 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 only thing that we have, well, not the only thing, but the, the comparables here is looking at other NBA legends as executives, not always the best thing, not always the best uh, move for them. Now, I'm not suggesting that LeBron would be terrible. I'm just looking at history here. Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan as owners and executives. Isaiah. Eh, yeah, not a... Um, not a not a group I'd like to be on. Not a group of players that I would uh, like to be associated with. Oddly enough, though, the best coach in basketball history is Phil Jackson, one of who had a couple of successful seasons with the Knicks. And I, I you know, that goes back to the whole if you can't if you can't teach type scenario. But anyway, that would require LeBron to say, "I want to do this." I don't think that LeBron's name will be synonymous with the the basketball. It will be synonymous, but I think he will get involved with other things. You're right. I think that just looking forward, I think he will stay in the film industry. He'll stay in the entertainment industry to some degree. Um, I I think he's a a great candidate based on his past work and what he can do moving forward to continue to elevate black voices in, in sports. And he's done a lot of that with, with things like the barbershop and, and other things that, you know, potentially could keep coming. I just don't see him being an executive, but if his heart and he looked and said, I want to do this, he absolutely would. And you know, as well as I do, there would be teams saying, come to us because you, we, we need you to do it. Now, the other thing about that is, is they're joking, jokingly saying, oh, you'd be a great NBA executive picking an all-star team with Steph Curry and all these guys. Of course, you can be a good GM when you're picking nine all-stars. That's, I could do that. But if if you actually are doing the, the actual full GM thing where you have to worry about contracts and money and such, that's that's a different story. But I digress. 
Ryan, no guests today, but that's okay. We'll, we'll, uh, we're uh, working on some uh, exciting guests. It just means we have more time for Conversation Corner. That's how I look at that. Yeah, Conversation Corner is very interesting today. It could almost be like a do we understand stories to ourselves. Um, so it's kind of like a one story, well, two separate stories, but one in whole. Wouldn't you say that's accurate? Yeah, that, I think that it, it all kind of revolves around the same issue. Right. So, look, we're, we're not doctors. We, we're still in a pandemic. These kind of stories are very, very interesting. So let's start with story one out of the, the, the big scheme of things. So the Olympics, officials met five days ago now. They... <laughs> It's not comforting to say in March, but they are, they think the Olympics are going to happen and the athletes are hoping they're going to happen and they're still training, but some of the athletes don't know if they want to go. The, the, you know, Tokyo doesn't know how to handle social distancing. If the Olympics are still happening, they're trying to sort out how are we going to get people there? All these international flight restrictions, da, 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 da. You know, we're still a long ways. We're, we're not a long way away from it when you think about it in the scheme of things. But we're, we're it, it, it's pretty, sh it's short notice. You know what I mean? We've already delayed this a year. You think you'd have a better plan in place. The second part of the whole thing, this is just, this is so bizarre, really. Disney World is completely booked up and sold for quite a while now disney world is in florida okay disney world is flying high with colors people on rides you know you just got to wear the mask da, 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 da. disneyland completely shut down they're thinking about reopening disneyland possibly possibly by april 1st only to california residents i don't know about you I'm pretty sure people other than who are from California go to Disneyland every day. So that seems pretty unfeasible to manage. These two stories kind of combine are where we, where we sit with like, that doesn't make sense. I think so much of this still, still centers around the fact of the unknown. And I think what I mean by that is, we're, we're still living through a global pandemic. Again, I'd like to reiterate that you or I, neither of us are doctors. I do not have the mental capacity to go to school that long and learn about enough stuff to become a doctor to research infectious diseases. I got a D in biology, so I don't know anything. This is why I chose journalism and sport management, yeah. because this is, this is what I'm good at. Point is, is we are, we are dealing with a situation that we really don't have precedent for. So it's, it's very, it's still very unknown how we go forward from here. And especially now too, and, and again, this is not meant to be a political discussion by any stretch of the imagination, but we're also moving into a point now where we have people that are vaccinated. We have people that are not vaccinated. We have people that have one shot of the vaccination and don't have the second one yet. So we have this collection of whole of people that are in different stages of this vaccine process we have people that are 
begging for the vaccine. We have people that are saying, I absolutely won't get that. I will never do that. Please don't touch me with that whatsoever. So what we're basically forcing the issue here with these people to do, I'm thinking Disneyland specifically at this point, is we're basically asking them to reopen one of the largest theme parks in the world and do it in a way that they don't have a major COVID outbreak and end up a news story. Okay, that sounds simple, but it's also not simple because like to your point, we're, we're talking about having to not bring in people from like from other states. So you're just going to do California. I, I don't know how you do that because my, my thought is, is, you know, what if you, you're just going to turn people away. If, if you're not booked up, you know, like if somebody from Arizona, I don't know, that's close. If Arizona is like, Hey, like, you know, we're going to come up. Are you just going to be like, no, you're an Arizona resident. You can't do that until 2022. You know, it, maybe some of that's just my bias of living in West Virginia, a state that doesn't necessarily have a, a great theme park that I could go to. Uh, but point is, there's there's so much unknown. And, and regarding the Olympics, I think the tough thing there is, is we're still very much in a, in a place in this world where people are looking at the July timeframe and saying, yeah, everything should be 90% back to normal by then. Everything should be fairly what you remember from 2019. Um, you know, we have music festivals that are saying, we're going to do this do or die. But we're also looking at, you know, reopening so many other things. And, and again, theme parks, one of those, but we're also talking about the Olympics where it's the, I would call it the most prestigious athletic event every four years. It's, it's something that the entire world turns into. Uh, that and the World Cup, whether you like soccer or not, those are the, the things with the most eyes on them. So how do we do this safely and how do we not make this a, a national story for the wrong reasons? Because then people are going to be, well, an international story in this case, because then people are just going to question the methods. So you're, you're almost playing two different games here. You're playing the game of trying to do this safely, but also doing it in a way that's not, uh, it's not upsetting the masses. Yeah. I, uh, I I wonder what it feels like knowing, hey, we're not open yet. We might open in a couple weeks. Our sister park in the U.S. is open every day, not to full capacity, but like they're they're busy. You know, it's like a normal Disney World day. That that to me is fascinating. The whole thing that just goes to show you like how different the states are and all those kind of things that we don't really have enough time to get into, and it would bore me and you both, I think. But the Olympics. Uh, your take about it being the most prestigious event, I would say that's pretty on par. The, the, the World Cup, though, is a different animal of intensity mm -hmm. because everybody loves the World Cup. I, I tell you what, you, you might be getting into like ping pong or, or water polo for four or five days every four years, and you're mm -hmm. like, I'm, you know what, I'm going to go play some water polo today or I'm going to learn the rules of this, and you, and you never do it. But it's uh it's a yin and a yang and i'm <laughs> the olympics are in july it's march mm -hmm. they delayed it a year they have to have a better plan than just basically saying i don't know it, it's it's a tough look at this point but i also but don't and, and again this is this is uh, two journalists and 
talking about this. This is certainly not doctors. Do you know anything that you're doing in July yet? You want the Olympics to happen, but can you honestly look forward and be like, oh yeah, I'm going to do that because we don't know either. You know, we, we live in, you know, we, we live in states that are, you know, starting to, you know, reopen. And, and I've even predicted too, that West Virginia will be one of these next to kind of drop all of the mandates. I don't know that I'm not involved in politics. I'm not a doctor. These are two things that I'm not and stay as far away from as possible. Point is, we're starting to see states that are just saying, okay, everything's open, go for it. And you will, you will see states that linger in the back and are more cautious about it. Neither are wrong or right. It's, it's literally, this is just a fact. I'm, I'm not saying one's wrong or right, but wrong or right. But the thing is, is, you know, when I think of, when I think of Disney World, I think that they're probably carrying the weight right now as far as the Disney theme park, the Disney theme park kind of um, spectrum, if you will, because people will flock there and be like, well, if I can't go to Disneyland, I'm going to go to Disney World. I also feel like too, speaking of prestigious amongst the two, Disney World is the prestigious of these two parks. Like when you make the voyage to go to a Disney theme park, Disney World in Florida is the one that people go to, not Disneyland in California. I don't know about that. What's what's at Disneyland that I'm missing? Because I've been and I've been to Disney World and that's been ages ago. And I wanted to play shuffleboard, but point is, what what's at Disneyland that I'm missing that I should go see? I mean, aren't they both the same? Aren't they both the exact same, really? Are they? So it's really just a difference if I want a little bit more mild weather in California or to sweat my entire body off in Florida. I think they're, yeah, I think they're the exact same. I'm not sure about that. By the way, please do me a favor. If, if anything, I know you're not going to watch Forrest Gump. That's okay. I'll get over it. Just watch the documentary that I told you about, about the Disneyland and Disney World being built on Disney+. Plus. Do that. Fair enough. Let, let me know how, how um, what you think. And, I'm going to make note of that. All right, Ryan. So before we wrap up, we're going to give them a taste, just a, just a smidge of what one of the things we've uh, one of the exciting things we're working on for our summer do you want to tell them uh, what it is yeah so this is this is something that we've kind of cooked up and talked about and this is called the eliminator so it's it's a little bit different um there's not really anything else out there like it uh, but basically what we're going to do is basically talk through uh, a list of something different categories entertainment sports i mean really anything but fast food fries that we like it's going to be basically a, a walkthrough and an elimination of this category to find kind of the ultimate winner, if you will, uh, based on Ryan and I's look at this. So, uh, Ryan, I'll kind of let you tell them what, what we're going to do today, but I think that's a, a look at it, and, and certainly people will understand a little bit more as we get into it. So while we were thinking about talking about Disney for Conversation Corner, we thought it would be appropriate to preview this with a special first edition eliminator of best disney movie so this could be live action this could be pixar it could be disney whatever so we're, we'll start with like a list of like five and then we'll work down to like the the top one or the top two for me i think my top five would have to be remember the titans that's a good one that's a great mm -hmm. one right uh 
Lion King, the first one, not the remake. Then I would probably go, <laughs> I'd probably go Frozen because I've seen Frozen. I don't care what anyone says. Then fourth, I would probably put Toy Story. And then fifth, I would probably put, this might come as shock to some people, but I might put Pirates of the Caribbean. The, the movie itself is not good, but the fact that it was based off a ride. So those, those are my five. And I think if I had to pick a top two out of that, I don't know, I probably would do Remember the Titans in Toy Story. Yeah, so I actually, I share your list uh, with two of those movies. Uh, Remember the Titans is maybe one of the best movies ever made out even outside of disney so that's a maybe a hot take but i love that movie and it's also probably the sport in me that uh, absolutely loves that movie um so i actually have toy story on my list too that's that's one of those ones that i can go back to and and really watch at any time and never um it never really <laughs> i just love it. it it's one of those movies that is a classic it, it's one of those ones that it shows up on the lists of the 100 greatest movies ever um, I actually share your list with three of them, actually, now that you're talking about it. Uh, Frozen is on my list, too. So I was telling you off, off air about the first time I ever saw Frozen. I saw it with a group of uh, a group of young kids. And halfway through the movie, the kids are basically restless, being like, when can we go? Can we leave? Can we go? And I was like, you're going to sit here and watch the rest of this movie because this movie's fantastic. It, you know, telling nine-year-old kids that's a little bit of a hard thing to do, but that's how good Frozen was. Let it go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Don't start if if you say that and start, I'll start singing it and we don't want to lose listeners. That's okay. that's the thing here. Because if I start singing that, people will will tune out. And I we don't need that. No. Um so my other two are a little bit um maybe a little bit different, um certainly different than your list. Now, one of them is a completely you're gonna be like, are you even serious about this? Um, but one of my other ones in, in no particular order is the movie Angels in the Outfield. Mm. So the reason that I picked that one is because similar on my list of like watching movies as a kid, that was always, that was always one of my go-tos. I loved that movie. I loved the story. I loved, I loved everything about it. In fact, I still love that movie. It's fun to go back to and see Joseph Gordon-Levitt as a kid and Matthew McConaughey as a complete liability in center field. Because that is a uh, that is a something you don't see too much anymore in these movies. Um, and the last one that I'm going to go with now, there's so many other ones as as far as like a top five. Um, the last one that I'm going to go with is Monsters Inc. Um, I was a big Monsters Inc. guy. That's a you know the Disney Pixar is kind of the. I think Disney Pixar makes the best movies. Disney certainly has a lot of great ones, but um, I'm going to have to go with Monsters Inc. as my um, my last of the five, if you will. Ratatouille is a very good honorable mention, by the way. Mm, Ratatouille is a great honorable mention. That's a that's one that I watched a lot later than when it came out. And I was like, why did nobody tell me this was great? Like somebody needed to get me into that sooner. So let's work through these. So out of your five, what would be your top two? So out of those, I, I think I would probably have to pick. Hmm. This is not easy. 
It is not. I, I feel like Toy Story would be on my list. Okay. Because naturally. Um By the way, everything about Toy Story, like from the pig to the slinky to the Mr. Potato Head, all the side characters are good in that. Oh, yeah, that's a just a you know what? I'm going to go with Remember the Titans because that's just a to me, that's like an all time no shade to Angels in the Outfield, Monsters Inc. or Frozen. But I think those are the best two, in my opinion. And and you mentioned the Lion King, too. I, I don't want to leave that out of my honorable mentions because that also is a um, a legendary movie. Finding Nemo is also an honorable mention on my part. Um, Low-key, very, very funny movie if you sit and watch it because it's like, it's this fish who's completely lost with like a, a, like a complete idiot in Dory and they somehow are, are making their way through like these weird scenes. By the way, the blowfish and that's kind of funny. I one, will- one other movie, I'm, I'm looking through the list here real quick. One other yeah. movie that I feel needs a mention um, I've, I've went through all of them is up up also needs mentioned up is another great movie. It's not in my personal top five, but it at least needs the point of being, it is a fantastic movie. I've never seen up. I hear, um, I, I hear there is a reason that it was nominated for best picture and not just won the best picture for a kid's movie. The mm-hmm. year it came out, like the reason it was nominated for a best picture was because because it was so excellent. So I do have to see that at some point, but yeah. So let's work through these. We both have Toy Story. Remember the Titans kind of interesting on our first uh, taste of this segment that we'll be doing summer. We're not going to do it every episode, by the way, because that becomes dull. So we're only going to do it on um, Fridays um, because let's be honest, all that happens in the summer is baseball. But I think if I had to pick one Toy Story, Toy Story would be number one, and then Remember the Titans. I know Remember the Titans is based on a true story, and that scene when they're when they're in the hospital, and also uh, when they're mm. singing the song, mm, that's a that is a great scene. And Denzel Washington, that is a classic. You could not picture anyone else in that role now, because sometimes you'll come through like like shows or movies, and you're like, oh, I could see someone else playing that. Denzel Washington is not that for the coach, but I I think it's Toy Story. Toy Story was like so innovative and it was different. It was unique and it kind of started the whole Pixar movement. And to be honest with you, I don't care what anyone says. We're both in the age where Pixar and Disney came out with awesome movies. I think Pixar will always make good movies and I don't care. People who slide into my DMs after these shows and say that I did this or that, well, you can piss off on Frozen because Frozen is an excellent film. I'll stand by that all day. Frozen is a is an amazing movie, and even the second one is is also a, yeah. a near flawless film too. I I have no problem dying on that hill. You know, you can you can say whatever you want, but Frozen's a great movie. Um, personal personal bias is going to take me towards Remember the Titans because of my love of just the game of football. And, and I, man, you're, I'm, I'm thinking about that scene now with remember the Titans, you know, whenever they're out on the field and they're all lined up and they're um, like their stretch lines and they're all, they're moving back and forth dancing. And it's just, it's iconic, right? It, it, 
and this, I'm not a person that looks back on the past and is like, oh, you know, when I played football in high school, because it's all in the past and nobody cares about that. But like that, whenever I first saw it, it reminded me of that because I was still in high school and like, it reminds you of that, you know, that brotherhood that you build with those guys and that you'll never lose in a lot of senses. So it, it takes me back to that when I watch it now. Um, it doesn't make me sad that I don't play anymore. I heard enough without being hit by a violent people, but I'm going to take remember the Titans just because of my love for it. But I think in an objective look, I would probably have to agree with you that toy story of the two movies, historically speaking is probably the better of the two movies from the, from the um, like critics perspective. But um, I'm, I'm going to have to take remember the Titans just because it's, it's probably one of my top five, top 10 movies ever. Yeah, and it's crazy if you've seen what Louis from Remember the Titans looks like now. Dude's like a completely different person. He's jacked. Yes, jacked. But yeah, uh, he he looks he looks great. And and honestly, he's one of the people when when you talk about that scene of him like um, or them dancing and doing the thing, I always think of him and not and not in a bad way, but like he's just the the loving character of the movie, and and you can't help but love him even though he's kind of the I don't want to say the outcast that makes it sound bad, but like, he's kind of the one that you're meant to almost feel sorry for, but you can't help but love him. And it's also weird in that movie, Ryan Gosling is like a side character and he's, you know, uber famous and like, but he came from remember the Titans. It, you know what? I think when March Madness is over and we get into that lull period where it's a little bit baseball, but playoffs are right around the corner. When I have, when there's not a game on, I'll watch Remember the Titans again because that's a fantastic movie. I, I might I might go back and watch all these movies. Yeah. Because you were, were sparked. I'll tell you, one thing that's, that's crazy, though, for everyone, and I know you know this too, Ryan, but just looking at Disney's library of movies, there are movies on here that you have uh, never heard of, movies that you completely forgot of, and movies that you probably just didn't even know were even a thought and existed. Yeah. Um, that's how I found Frozen yesterday. I was like, I know that everyone likes this movie and sings the Let It Go song, but I was like, before college basketball starts, I want to watch something. So I had um, some time before Premier League started. That's how early I woke up. Premier League starts at seven. I couldn't sleep. I woke up at like four. I watched Frozen. I mean, you can care in the world. You could log on and watch the North Avenue Irregulars. Is that a movie? It it is. It says if they ever get organized, it would be a crime. I it's right. three actresses on the front. I I have no idea. It's but that's that's what we're dealing with with Disney's library. So that's why there's clear favorites. Or you could watch the Million Dollar Duck. I don't care. By the way, speaking of Premier League, wrapping up. Manchester United beat Man City 2-0. Man City, I don't know. They look like they're on uh, – they might not win that first Premier League title. Uh, and, and, uh, they've won five out of the last ten, I believe. Five out of the last ten. They are a dynasty. But, uh, oof, things are getting uh, interesting. And Leicester City sitting at number two. But if they want to hear all of our Premier Leagues, NASCAR, what happened to NASCAR? Um, Kyle Larson came back and won his first race. So okay. uh, not to get too far into it, but Kyle Larson was suspended last year 
uh, and kicked out of his ride because of using a racial slur on a live stream during an iRacing event uh, and was basically taken out of his ride, kicked out of NASCAR for the last year, was given an opportunity to drive this year for a different team and four races in, he's already won. So clearly, um, clearly good at his job and hopefully um, on the right path to uh, the racial sensitivity that has, you know, kind of hovered over him the last year. If they want to see, we'll see, if they want to listen to all of our great segment ideas, our summer, which is, you know, not very far off. Uh, if they want to hear all this, where are they going to do it? How are they going to do it? Where, where can they follow us on social media? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I'm telling you, you're going to want to tune into these eliminator segments. They're only going to get, I would, I, I don't like to use the word controversial, but we could really get into some great debates with some of these topics. And I think that's what it's going to end up, uh, end up being. But if you're listening to this, if you're interested in learning more and hearing the first eliminator segment, among other segments are normal buys and sells, hot take sixes, Apple and Spotify. That's where the podcast is hosted. Check us out on Apple and Spotify. But if you want to see us on social media, keep up with the latest trends. We had some uh, content over the weekend talking college basketball. That's only going to get more as, as college basketball gets into the, um, the big tournament time. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at 2 Ryan Sports Show. Again, that is Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok for 2 Ryan Sports Show. And again, listen to the podcast on Apple or Spotify. Subscribe and rate and review. And we'll see everyone Friday, jam-packed conference championship week. We'll see you Friday. Good Have luck. a great weekend. Don't get basketballed out. It's just starting.